This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to Women Road Warriors on TNCRadio.live with Kathy DeCaro and Shelly Johnson. I'm Shelly and I'm Kathy. Our show is about empowering women to achieve big things, and we love to feature guests who've done that to give our listeners great insight and inspiration. We're also not afraid to tackle some tough topics. Today, we're going to discuss an area that's of major concern. It's growing, and we're going to discuss ways that we can stop it. Human trafficking is a huge problem. There are many people who are victims of this terrible crime. It enslaves people, many who are underage in prostitution and the sex trades by very unscrupulous people. It's evident at many of the truck stops in North America. Today, we're speaking with Carly Ryu, who is the founder of Thea K. Carly is an unconventional founder, accidental designer, and intentional survivor. She's an advocate to stop human trafficking, sexual assault, and the unfair treatment of people. Welcome to the show, Carly. I'm so glad you're with us today. Thank you very much for having me. I love what you guys are doing here. Welcome, Carly. Yes. (laughs) Tell us about you. Who, Who is Carly and what is your company about and what are you doing? You sound amazing. (laughs) thank you Uh, yeah it's a big story end of day I was sexually attacked four times uh, that I count I was harassed more than that and eventually that led me into deep PTSD and my whole life exploded I had to move home I was 26 years old living in my parents basement and wondering where the hell my life went so wrong and while I was there my mom actually came into the kitchen one morning and she goes, I freaking hate them. And I was like, good morning. Like, what's up, mom? <laughs> what you mad about? And she said, beach bags. They're just a big hole of suck. And I made just a cocky joke about it's okay, mom. I'll start a whole company for you to fix it. Like, no worries. I got this and just carried on about my day. But I was serving at the time and I started asking these women, like, do you guys hate your beach bags? Like, is this a thing? And it was a resounding yes. Everybody hated how impractical beach bags were, where, you know, your damp towel is going in with your dry book. It just didn't make any sense. So while I started to research that, um, I found out just how much abuse there is in the fashion industry. And it's really rang home to me because of the abuse in my own life. And all of a sudden I realized that, hey, I can heal me by like healing other people. And that's where it all got started. Wow. So what kind of abuse did you see in the fashion industry? Oh, it's brutal. Like whether it's the the manufacturers that just abuse their people. Like I read multiple stories of these women making less than two dollars a day. I think there's a dollar seventy-six at the time. And they were forced to work so many hours that they didn't actually have enough time to get home and see their kids before their next shift started. So they would often just sleep beside the sewing machine. And that was like one of the better scenarios that I read. You know, there were so many forced labor situations. I was using kids to, you know, fit into the really small cracks of the machinery. Um, Really, really dangerous stuff. And then they don't have any safety protocols in so many different places around the world. 
that do textiles. So you have, you know, Raza Plaza would be like the, the main one that everyone thinks of. But there's been collapse after collapse, fire after fire, killing so many people mm-hmm. due to this forced labor situation. Mm-hmm. And this is worldwide. It sure is. It depends. Like the forced labor, I'm not as aware of in uh, North America as I am in different parts of the world. But human trafficking specifically, more on the sex trafficking side, that's everywhere. You know, when I was in Kathmandu, Nepal, um, their statistics. So here's the one thing is when you read statistics online versus when you're actually like working with the people on the ground in the country, those numbers change a lot. So if you go online, I think right now Nepal says like Kathmandu has 10,000 victims or some such of sex trafficking. And the reality is, is it's 60,000 for one city of 1.4 million people. Wow. Wow. And then we think we sit here and we're like, oh, but you're, we're in Canada. We don't have these problems. Uh, yeah, we do. Right? Yeah. It's like, uh, hello. Yes. <laughs> what actually um, the statistic in Canada, in Calgary specifically, so we're 1.2 million, I believe right now to Catman's do 1.4. And we have 10,000 victims, yeah. 10,000 women who are being wow. sex trafficked yep. under our nose in a first world country in one yep. city. And it's happening in the United States as well. Yep. Ooh, there's massive hotbeds, Texas, California, yep. specifically, you know, places with uh, with borders yep. are really bad. Underage, too. And, it, and it's uh, not just female. I think that there are oh, no. males no. being sex trafficked as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's just horrendous. I mean, this is this is a form of human slavery. Yes. It's a human rights violation all the way around. It's actually wild because we, you know, celebrate the fact that we abolished slavery and yet there's more slaves today than any time in history. Isn't that the truth? I know I've been doing some research. I, uh, I joined as a volunteer for operation underground railroad with, uh, Tim Ballard and, uh, I, I follow him everywhere. And just because when I start to travel again, I want to be, I want to go to places where he, where he goes. And Mm -hmm. for those that don't, know who that is he's an ex-navy seal who was on a on, on a mission down in south america in colombia i think on a cia um thing and when he found out what was going on it just he, he couldn't believe it and so he decided he ended up quitting the uh, the cia and became just an under he set up a whole thing this underground uh operation railroad and now I think there's something like 11,000 volunteers worldwide. And there's so much. He saved so many pe- kids, like small kids from being uh, trafficked for sex. It's just unbelievable. And he, he sets up aftercare and homes. And so there's so many. Po- like He doesn't just save them and say, OK, there you go. You're done. No, there's a follow up that goes with it, which is so needed because there's so much trauma involved. Right. So as I start to get back into the world, this is something that uh, I will be bringing up in our show because it's so important. It really is. Absolutely. When you make a good point, you make a good point just in the fact that you can't just extract and move on. You know, everybody is so fundamentally different after an experience like that. And as you said, it's kids, right? Like the average age of being stolen into these things are between five and 14. Oh, it's horrible. So, okay, tell me then. So how did you go from uh, your mom saying, you know, the about the beach bags suck and you start asking questions and um, then you, you kind of find out about what's going on and all, all the abuse going on in the manufacturing as you start to do more research. 
So how did you put the two and two together? That, I mean, that's just, I'm, <laughs> it blows my mind how that even happens, right? How, how these ideas <laughs> conspire. It's amazing. <laughs> because they're two separate. They're two separate entities. So how do you, how did you combine them and create the AK? <laughs> I had a hell of a time. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It was such a weird intersection to put human trafficking, which is this deeply dark subject that just makes your stomach revolt. And hey, let's go have a great time at the beach today. Like it's a really weird um, intersection. So where it kind of came from was my PTSD. And I was reading so much about how to get my life back because it had just been absolutely snatched for me. I went from, you know, dancing all the time and performing and like wicked confident and in sales to I couldn't have somebody walk behind me anymore. I couldn't have someone touch my, touch my neck. I couldn't, like I was ruined. So mm. inside of trying to understand how to get me back, I read a lot about how you just generally overcome trauma. And I know, Kathy, you can speak deeply to overcoming <laughs> trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's like a super rocky road. Yeah. And what I found inside of this human trafficking, forced labor, is all they need is decent work. They do not need somebody to, you know, stand outside their house. They don't need any of this stuff. They are, by far and large, taken because they are in extremely vulnerable situations. Mm-hmm. So in, you know, the U.S., it's very much like girls that are in group homes and things like that. They get uh, brought in by their girlfriend who then makes money off of them and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they just kind of disappear and then are hooked onto drugs and so on. In Nepal, these traffickers go to the families and they will tell the families, like, we have a good job for her. It's in America. She'll be able to send you a stipend so that they can afford the rest of their kids. Yeah. And So, of course, they go, well, yes, this is, you know, the best opportunity for our daughter. And then they're quickly, immediately brought into a tiny dark room and raped until they submit, which is generally about three months. Mm -hmm. It's awful. So awful. And, And do the families know what's going on? Do they ever get wise to that? Not for the most part. There are a couple that, like, their whole families are involved in human trafficking. So it is... um, yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, they do know, but for the most part, not so much. So yeah, I found out that you had to create work. And then I read a book called Give Work. And the whole premise of the book is to stop giving charity and start creating situations where people get to have their dignity, get to have choice, get to have their freedom and get to step back into their power, right? Because most people don't want you to just bring, you know, these eight cans of whatever to their house on Fridays. They want to have the option to go to the grocery store and pick out the food they want. Yeah. So we figured there's a really bad, you know, design with beach bags that totally sucks. And there's this need to create jobs for people who have been through horrendous things. And that led into finding my partner and they hire human survivors of exploitation and marginalization. And their program is incredible because not only do they create safe work, they do, you know, they train the girls, they give them life training in the morning mm-hmm. um, and they get to then create a skill set in the afternoon. So they learn how to cook, they learn how to take care of themselves, and then they learn how to sew and actually have a job for, you know, moving back into their lives. And that's who makes our beach bags now. Nice. Wow. That's absolutely awesome. phenomenal. God, I love you. <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> I love super awesome. Absolutely. 
So how do we stop these evil people? Um, It's just nothing but evil. Yeah, it is. Part of me always just wants to start taking them out, right? (laughs) You just have this like fantasy of being a hitman. Um, You know, but what I realized when I thought deeply about that is that these people are also super wounded humans who have most of the time been conditioned that this is okay. Like in Nepal, they have a statement that says, yeah, don't water another man's garden. And that's referring to their daughters. So they don't put any money, time, education into their daughters because it's viewed as, well, you're just doing that for his garden, not yours. So it's selfish. It's very selfish and it's very archaic and they don't really know better most of the time. And then they're forced into it through their own, you know, inability to make money, have safe work, et cetera. So I do try to find some compassion for some of them. There's definitely ones who are just evil and cruel and, you know, have a certain punishment waiting for them. But there are definitely ones who are trapped by their circumstance as well. As for having to, you know, how do we get a handle on this? I think the first one, obviously, is everyone needs to know. You need to know what the signs are. You need to know, like, are you going to get involved? There's an organization in Calgary called Not In My City, YYC, and they are partnered with the airport. And how they've done it is inside all the washrooms, the women's washrooms, they have this yellow flower and instructions about if you're being trafficked, here's what to do. And anybody who wears that yellow flower, who um, like you can have it on your car, you can have it on your vest, that person can then go to you and know that you're going to intervene. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And what is the name of the organization again? Not in my city. YYC. Okay. Yeah. So that's specifically Calgary. I know they are looking to branch soon. Um, And that's headed by Paul Brandt. So just an amazing organization. And they do actually have a course on how to spot human trafficking, what you can do about it. So that is an an additional resource if you would like to learn more. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, Operation Underground Railroad has that course, which I've taken. Yeah, and it's free, right? So if anybody thinks that, no, it's absolutely free. You just when you sign up as a volunteer, it teaches you everything you need to know about the signs and what to do and how to intervene. And it it was really, really good. Oh, that's amazing. I'll have to check that one out. Because yeah, we just if we can, I don't know, if we can just step into that and realize what's going on right here. I do think that's yes. the first step. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know uh, Truckers Against Trafficking is an organization that is uh, actually offering training and so forth for drivers because wow. they encounter a lot of the people who are being trafficked in the truck stops yeah. uh, offering, mm-hmm. you know, sex and they, they can see what's going on. And these victims have a way of getting away because they're afraid. A lot of them, of course, have been hooked on drugs and everything else and beaten to a pulp if they don't go out and do this. Mm-hmm. So they don't know where to turn. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Did you know that 80% of America's communities rely on trucking alone to deliver their goods? The trucking industry keeps America running thanks to the 3.6 million professional truck drivers traveling over 300 billion miles a year. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, tells the story of trucking and its positive impact on our economy, communities, and lives. Learn how you can be part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting truckingmovesamerica.com.
Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. I don't know what the stats are, but I think that there has been an incremental increase in the sex trade and, and sex trafficking in, within the past 20 years anyway. Yes. And like you said, the border states, they're people who are coming across and, and they owe money so that they can get into North America. A lot of the families are maybe unknowingly trafficking their daughters and, and oh, their sons. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's 100 percent true. You know, even when I was 18, I was modeling uh, in New York City and I, I had my own money and I was with a, you know, a reputable uh, agency back then. And um, when I ran out of money, they offered me, said, you know, we'll loan you five thousand dollars. And because back then you needed eight pages uh in a, in a magazine to get your visa your your work visa and i only had six so i only needed two and they said we'll give you five thousand dollars if you want to work uh, uh you know and you could pay us back and i was looking at i'm like um no i don't care i don't need modeling that bad to owe somebody in new york that i don't really know because who knows right, right? Sure. and then then they own you like five thousand dollars is a lot of money and I was smart enough to say, you know what? No, I'm just going to go back to Montreal. I'm going to raise some money and then I'll come back. I never did come back, but yeah, I was, at least I had the, the brains and awareness to not do that, but I can't understand why people would do it in, in worse circumstances, you know, cause it's it, the, the idea of money that will set, will save them in reality will enslave them. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah. proud of you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, and this will all start to come to a head, I think, as people keep moving forward for women in general, because it is a substantially, yeah. you know, a women's crime. Yes. Yep. And even as we just start to talk about, you know, our female friends, if guys start calling other guys out on, hey, talking like that isn't cool and start changing that whole culture, I think that'll also impact it. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, because so, they... okay. So then, hey, sorry, go ahead. No, Kathy, go ahead. That's fine. Well, no, no. I, I was just wondering, like, how how did you how did you even come with, to the idea of going to Nepal and going to visit these houses where they're rescued? You know, and what pushed you to do that? Like, I, I know like, you're doing research and all that, but I mean, you could have just taken another avenue but did you just want to see for yourself and really get the feel for it and look in their eyes and understand because that's the best way to do it or what <laughs> yeah yeah great question so for me I wanted to have my heart split wide open 
so that I knew exactly what I was talking about. And I wasn't just one of those Caucasian Westerners who go in and it's like, here you go, I'm going to fix all your problems my way. I just did not want to be that arrogant. And the only way for me to truly understand was to walk the streets, see how they live, see how they're taken, visit the villages that have, you know, no girls. One of the villages I was in, I don't think there was a girl over seven. And then wow. everyone else was older, like 25 up kind of thing. That's, so that's they, freaky. That's kind of like walking into the twilight zone, right? Yes, it really is. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. And you know exactly how they're spending their current day if they're alive. Because they do hit a point where they're worth more dead than alive because of the black organ market. Mm. Oh, wow. So, yeah, just keep getting better. Wow. Um, and and is, is this part of this um, part of the caste system where uh, females mm-hmm. don't have as much value, perhaps? Um, yes. Very archaic ideas. Absolutely. They flow in there deeply. And then there's also the religion aspect. In Hindu, they say that if you sleep with 108 other women, you are guaranteed like eternal life. So that drives a lot of men to do unspeakable things because they're going after their own nirvana, which I just find so ironic because I guarantee you no one's saying that to the women like, hey, if you go have sex with 108 dudes, this will go well for you. No, they'd probably be told they'd be soiled at that. Right, right. One person would be soiled. Right. So if you can make it to heaven doing that, but the women can't like, why aren't you thinking about that? That also goes along with uh, the Beyond Borders, the celebrating menstruation out of out of Nepal, um, the, where they put the and, and the any girl once they start to menstruate, they put them in the huts out back where they're considered mm-hmm. unholy and dirty, and they're not allowed in the house. They're, and when I say a hut, I'm talking about a dog dog house, and um, they're not allowed to be spoken to. They're not allowed coming in the kitchen. They're brought their fools and their food in like little containers and they're completely ignored and told they're worthless like it's just horrible 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 come on this is still happening right so it's not i think there's a whole bunch of different avenues that need to come to light and the more people that speak about it the better chances are is that something is going to change well exactly and for the everyday person you know you don't have to necessarily go running down human traffickers on the street but by Talking about it is part. And then by supporting companies that are working on this, because there are lots of organizations and companies that are creating products that are either funding the programs that women need coming out. They're working on uh, making sure that they're not at such high risk. They're working on the education piece. They're working on the, you know, before the trauma happens. Mm -hmm. So there's many organizations out there. I think that if we just, yes, you are. (laughs) You're a champion. You are Carly. one of them, Carly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, so, guys. Okay. How did you come up with the name Thea K? Oh, I love this. So I'm heavy into uh, symbolism. I just get a kick out of it. And I'm a nerd. So Thea is the sun goddess of Greek mythology. <laughs> K means small sandy island. So it loosely translates into sun and sand, which also means light and freedom. Excellent. I like that. Yeah. I love that. I'm a beach baby and a sun baby. So there you go. <laughs> so, okay. So another thing. So how do you come? Okay. Now, cause I'm trying to understand 
how to process how you go from step to step to step. So you went from your mom and then you went to, you know, you start asking people and then you find out about abuse in manufacturing. And then all of a sudden it comes leads to sex trafficking and then how we're going to connect the two. So now that you got all this going on, where in the world do you find the, the material and how do you even set that up to, to make these durable, wonderful beach bags? And what <laughs> are they made of? Like, you know what I mean? How do you even do that? To me, I wouldn't even know where to start. I'd be so freaking overwhelmed. I'd be like, geez, I don't know. Right. I'd, uh, I'd block. <laughs> yeah. I was really overwhelmed. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a photographer by trade, which I also fell into. So it's like, I just had no background in this at all. I, uh, I was the girl in high school who like turned my nose up at, you know, Gucci and all these labels. And I took pride in the fact that I didn't know anything about it, which mm-hmm. was just, you know, young and dumb and whatever. So my first Google, I mean, was what's the difference between cotton and polyester? I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> One you have to iron, the other you don't. That's oh, about, is that it? That's about my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was one Google search at a time, honest to God. And every time I realized I didn't know something, I would have to go figure that out. And that would lead to eight other things I didn't know, which I had to go figure out. And eventually that slowly moves you toward understanding what's going on. So we ended up picking a heavy duty waterproof canvas that was printed on specifically for us with a design from an amazing emerging artist in Hungary, actually. Beautiful watercolor palettes and all this. So we really got lucky because our fabrics come from India and he was willing to work with us at a very small scale. Like, you know, Hey, I only need a couple hundred meters. Like, is that okay? And generally speaking, everyone's like, uh, no, you're not worth my time. Dropped in. (laughs) (laughs) But you just have to try to find the people who are willing to explore things like you are. And there's an amazing website called Common Objective, and they really do a good job of connecting a bunch of fashion people together so that the ethical manufacturer meets the ethical supplier of fabrics, meets the ethical, you know, uh, retailer. So they're they're amazing. Well, bravo to you to find that organization. I'm not sure I would have found that. (laughs) It was brutal. It was a slog for sure. Wow. Okay. So what, how long did all this take? Because I mean, clearly we like to think, you know, you you get the end result. Oh, look at this beautiful beach bag, but really what's behind all that is how many hours and years of tears and frustration and everything that goes with it. You know, I had my first prototype within six months and it was terrible. It was so bad. (laughs) I was like, Oh no, I put thousands of dollars into something like I would never touch. (laughs) Like, what am I doing? Right? Oh, it's just pure proof that I had no idea what was up. (laughs) And I had a choice at that point. It was like, all right, either I buckle down and I figure it out or I walk away from it. So I buckled down. But eventually, like grand total, it took me three years from beginning to end, from beginning of, all right, I'm actually going to do this to my prototype to, um, yeah, to actually launching. And then when I went to launch, finally, you know, COVID set us back an entire year, by the way. So that was a whole thing. My bags were stuck in Nepal, couldn't get my fabrics anywhere. It was awful. And you ran into another major obstacle in 2021, right when you were going to launch. I went into crisis on March 17th and I was rushed to hospital and promptly went into emergency surgery because the pain in my abdomen was 
I didn't know a human being could be in that pain and stay conscious. And later I had actually be diagnosed with stage three cancer. Oh my Lord. Oh my gosh. Hi, yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah. So it's one of those That's things right, where- Right before the launch, right? Right before, yeah. So mm. I was still working. I'm super drugged up on like tramadols and oxymorphine. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's okay. I'll still, I'll edit the website. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I just took that whole like right drunk edit sober thing a little too seriously before. <laughs> By the way, your website is phenomenal. Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> Theak.com for anyone that wants you gotta go to this website. You gotta check it out, read the story, look at the pictures. I mean, the bag itself, I ordered one. I got one of the pre what do you call it? Pre-order or pre yeah, pre pre-order before they came out. And um, I'm so in love with this bag. And I made sure that my that she signed it for me. What did you sign it? Oh, I signed uh, to my number one fan, Kathy. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. It's a beautiful bag. And oh, my God, there's so many compartments and and just like, oh, it's so practical. It is by far the best beach bag that I've ever seen. And yes, it's going (laughs) to. Go, because I travel everywhere and where I travel has oceans, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I gave my mom two bags. Okay. And actually she bought one because she's absolutely stubborn. So she bought one and gave her one. And she, three weeks later, I'm sitting at her house. I'm like, you haven't touched your beach bags. And she's like, I can't, I can't do it, man. They're perfect. I can't touch them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, mom, you're so yeah. cute. Yeah, well, you signed the, the one that I have. So I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to use that one, for, you know, for all our promotional. So everywhere I go, I'll have the bag and my dream big book sticking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe my little bobblehead, right? There you go. It works. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I was so stoked when it all finally came together. And the first day that I packed it for me, not to do a photo shoot or to talk about it with somebody, I just packed it because I was going to the beach and I was over the moon. I was like, oh my God, it actually worked. Oh my. <laughs> like It's what I wanted because the only two options I could ever find was either super functional, utilitarian, ugliness, or mm-hmm. really pretty, but all one big hole of nothing. That's right. Your mother must be some proud because you actually said what you would you were gonna do <laughs> okay mom i'll just yeah. start a business and i'll just i'll just make it i'll make you one right and you did like yeah. holy crap man <laughs> oh my god that's impressive it really is <laughs> and then uh yeah now it turns out we have this whole global mission we have a whole product line of like 14 more products that we're going to slowly work toward and hire more and more women so far we've done three thousand hours for survivors Uh, We pulled 16,000 bottles out of the ocean so far. Oh, tell us about that. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's it's super simple. It's just done through Vera. Um, So it's joinvera.com. And all you do is you invest into their platform and they create jobs in poverty stricken areas to remove plastics out of waterways. And it's all blockchain. So I can actually see exactly what we've done. So that's one of the ways that we offset everything until we're big enough to use fully recycled materials because nobody who does that type of technology will work with smaller brands yet. Yeah. So I am hoping that that changes in a bit or we just grow exponentially and it's fine. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yes, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> I got 100% faith in that. 
<laughs> and you're partnering with people in Nepal and helping survivors of exploitation. That's huge. You're covering all all kinds of bases here, helping the environment, helping humanity, supporting um, people that are survivors of human trafficking. I mean, it's just amazing what you've accomplished in what amount of time? How long did this take? Three years total, including healing from PTSD. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is something that uh, a lot of companies that are founded don't ever do. And you've done it in a little over three years. Oh, man. Total rock star. <laughs> uh, you guys are good for my ego. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So there's actually somebody specific who has a lot of credit because like for what we've done and his name is Matt, but we were at a retreat together. So it's called SVI, which is Social Venture Institute. And essentially it brings a bunch of people who are like me or trying to use business for good. And this was at the very beginning of my journey. So at that time, all I knew is I wanted to create beach bags and I wanted to help. So I was like, all right, easy answer. I'll donate 20% of the profits and call it a day. So I go to this retreat and we're all sharing ideas and I'm just like super lit up because the passion and energy in the room is so incredible. And I pitched my idea. I told the room what I was doing. And afterwards, this guy comes up, never, never met him. And he's like, I don't believe you. And I was instantly taken aback, like hackles raised just the way he said it. I was oh, immediately shit. like unhappy with this man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I don't believe that's all you can do. I think you'd have more impact, more good, just more, do more. And he just walked away from me. Oh, wow. Wow. Just says that and then leaves. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was flabbergasted. I was like, well, who are you? <laughs> And almost like a little bit because my ego was involved, right? Like, how dare you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and this is your baby here. It's like, wait a minute. Don't yeah. insult my baby. Yeah. Right. And I'm standing on just like little brand new fawn legs. So I was super easily shaken. And I huffed about it and I pouted a little bit, you know, about 12 <laughs> hours of pouting. And I realized, oh, my God, he's right. He's 100% right. We were taking the easy way out, right? Just by saying, well, we just give money away. Like money away is great. But. Yeah. There's so many more things you can do. So in three weeks, I completely revamped the entire business model. And we managed to find our manufacturer at that point. We found the Vera certification. We found out how to use recycled plastics, recycled um, like packaging. Everything is not only recycled wool, but made out of post-consumer recycled materials. So just finding all these ways to create more closed loops, more things that are sustainable. And it's 100% because of him calling me out. <laughs> Guardian angel, really. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Just a really aggressive one. <laughs> yeah. Well, way, so, to, way so to take we'll... lemons and turn them into lemonade. <laughs> uh, you know? 
Totally. And I think that if somebody speaks truth to you, it is your responsibility to sit there with it. Yeah. I guess I'd be kind of like Toothless Joe when he slapped me on the back and said, this is the life and, you know, let's go. And I'm like, I'm, I sat, it took me a second because I was dazed and I'm like, you no, know, the reality hit and time yeah. slowed. And I'm like, what did you say? Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me? Like, this is not my life. Like, we're at the yeah. Boyle Street. Are you kidding me? Like, this is not my life. Yeah. <laughs> it woke me up. Yeah. Right? yeah. He was happy with so, it, but you, well, you knew differently. It's like, yeah. oh, God. But it was so, if, if you think about it, I was there for a whole week and nothing had changed. But when he did that specific thing, it just, it, it snapped me out of it. Like time slowed and I'm like, uh, this is not my life. I got purpose and standing here drunk on the street is not it, right? It's like that. Sometimes it just takes that one person to shift things a little bit you can, so you can reevaluate what you, what exactly you're doing. And I, I believe it's a godsend, but that's me, yeah. but you know, that one person that can do that. And, and most often it happens in the form of strangers, right? Yes. So. Well, they're, they have no skin in the game. They can just be honest with, or yeah, they're just busy being them while highlighting, you know, something you clearly don't want to be as in your scenario. Yeah. Sure. So thank God for all those random angels who are just doing the Lord's work without having any idea. That's what they're doing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So do you plan? Well, I'm going to Nepal in the spring and I clearly am bringing you with me because I want to for us to go back and I want you to show me your version because when I was in Nepal for five days two years ago it was clearly not the same version at all so what when we go back what is your goal besides you know open my eyes to a whole new world that I yes I know about but I haven't physically been there yeah it's it's a whole different experience I would like to try to figure out a way to document it with you so that we can show more people because the day that I had my heart just shattered was the day I took a justice, justice tour. And that's yeah. a super fancy word for showcasing the ugliest of the ugly all throughout their city. So a local woman took us around and she took us down streets where we had to use different code words because they knew what, you know, human trafficking and exploitation, they knew these words and it would create an immediate dangerous situation for us. So you're standing there speaking in code and having all these people stare at you because this is not a touristy area. This is not where you go to hang out if yeah. you're not from there. Right. And I remember the first time that she pointed out what's called a dance bar, which is just one of the brothels. And it felt like I could feel the agony radiating off the walls. It just made me absolutely oh sick. And we had to walk across this one bridge. My dad was with me um, and we'll never, ever forget the feeling. We walked up the side and it was crossing like a 16 lane highway. Okay. All dirt, but really, really wide. And this particular bridge was where the human traffickers and the trafficking victims stood. So the trafficking victims would hold an umbrella and wear a mask and that's how you knew that they were for sale and then the rest of the men were there as basically different shades of pimps and the level of aggression that I felt on that bridge like I was not convinced we we're going to make it to the other side not even close oh. they did not want us there and it was just heartbreaking to feel that energy feel what those women have to stand in and then have to go continue to do and then that tour ended with sitting in a drop-in center that we now support through Thea K um, and having these women, these survivors tell their stories. And I didn't even make it fully to my room before I hit my knees 
falling because you cannot bear witness to that kind of pain without it shifting something fundamentally. And I want people to understand that pain, which feels awful and it's going to make everyone uncomfortable and nobody wants to do it. I didn't want to do it either. Um, But it's so radical for us to make better choices that help heal the world intentionally instead of accidentally harming it. Do you think one way to stop some of this is to interrupt the money flow? Because obviously they're making money off of this. They're making killer money off of it, but it's all private people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the number one customers in Nepal are people from India. Right. Um, it's super vibrant in East Europe. Like it's, we're never going to be able to squash the buyers, you know, oh, because okay. there's just that evil need in some people that, and it's way more rampant than it should be. And it's entrenched in the culture, every culture. And that's yeah. the wild thing. Yep. Yeah, it is. You know, I was laughing with my partner the other day about you know, we're the only species that says the women are weak, right? Nobody goes up to a lioness and is like, hey, you're not very strong, are you? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm tear you apart, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So it's a really weird idea that feels very unique mm-hmm. to humans. Mm-hmm. And actually, I have a cool, a cool moment at the end of that justice tour that I want to share with you guys. So my heart had been broken. My dad and I learned things that I never truly wanted to know and never will forget. And at the very end of the day, for whatever reason, somebody was like, let me take your guys' picture. Because that's what you want to do when you're just ruined by something. So my dad and I line up and she took two pictures. And in one, the sky is clear. And in the other one, there's um, a bird in the sky. And above him is actually a dove in like this shadowed outline. Hmm. And it's right above my head. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So to us, that just meant like we are 100% on the right track. And in that photo, I had cancer and I didn't know it yet. So it just felt like this big blessing, like, hey, I'm here. Don't worry. I got you. Mm. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) That wasn't coincidence. Wow. It sure wasn't. I'll send you guys the photos. Oh my so you can see because it is just the most wild thing. So I gave that to my dad through all this cancer stuff and all the grief. I made him a little wallet card so he can carry it with him and remember. Oh my gosh. Eh? <laughs> so the world works in mysterious ways. And the only thing I can ever say is that you just keep walking your path. You probably have no idea where you're going. You don't know why you're pulled in one direction. But if you walk in your truth and you trust the universe will keep catching you. And I do believe that. I believe that too. hundred percent. I do. Even my cancer, like what, for whatever reason I had to have cancer and whether that makes me more empathetic or it moves Thea into opening up, you know, different medical scholarships or whatever it is. There's a reason that I had to face such a devastating cancer at, you know, 29 years old. So I'll be really curious to see, cause I know that's a fact, but I don't fully understand why yet. So I know in 20 years, I'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, that's why I get it now. You're a courageous lady. Really, <laughs> She's really amazing. Are. My yes. God, she is amazing. <laughs> you know, there's so many people I, who would give oh, up. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. But not Carly. Nope, nope, nope. Carly and I met at, uh, was it 2016? My very first um, uh, youth conference in Calgary is... Uh, Oh, was it women in business, I think, or youth? Women in leadership and business, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was, it was my first big event. I was speaking for a hundred uh, youth that were there and uh, Carly and her mom were given a workshop and I just felt so much in love with her energy and the workshop and just everything she was. And I'm like, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta meet, I gotta hang out with this girl like this, her <laughs> and I, we're going to be friends. There's no way I'm letting this one go. And yeah, we've been friends ever since. And so it just, you know, we each took our way for a little while, but then we came back and it, it's kind of interesting because we came back because as the universe works, my daughter got a, a, a job at the same restaurant where Carly got had a job. That's yeah. wow. <laughs> so that's I was absolutely floored when Tennis went, oh yeah, my mom's Kathy Dana and I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It was meant to be. Girl, I was absolutely. friends with your mom before I was friends with you. <laughs> And then I moved right beside where, where her mom lives. I, I, I just, you know, I bought a house, what, 10 minutes from your, your mom. So yeah. <laughs> it's too funny. Oh yeah. And so now with this, us partnering with the CAK and, and, you know, K Tech Rowing together, and we are going to make such a difference with just everything that we do. And I'm really looking forward to, we're going to be filming that somehow, even if it's an undercover thing, I don't know, we're going to figure that out, but we're going to create awareness. The world. Absolutely. Create awareness, yes. visual, because it's yep. one thing to just talk, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people don't, but once you see it, you cannot unsee it, right? It, it'll oh. tr- um, profoundly affect you in everything and you can't forget it. And so that is what we have to do, what we will do, right? Is there any way to do that in Canada as well as the United States? So people can't say that's not in our backyard. There's got to be a way to combat it. And put an end to it somehow. An end to all the injustice. People have to not be able to say, gee, that's not in our backyard. So we don't have to worry about it. That's true. People, that's the first thing they say. There's a lot of organizations that do it here in Canada. There is. There's a lot. That I know just from from my own personal stuff that I do, my own talks and my own workshops and, you know, the people that I meet. And um, yeah, so there is. there. And one of the things that I always underline for everybody when we talk about this stuff is you don't have to care about everything everywhere and I know that sounds really harsh um, but the reality is is that we have access to way too much information now every human being is placed here to care about something specific so for me I care about third world countries I always have I was a traveler as a kid there's a whole story that set me off onto that path and that's where I'm called to be other people are called to work right here in their backyard doing these things. So I always think that the guilt that comes with not being able to help everybody and read up on everything. You can't. It, it, yeah, it's unnecessary. That doesn't help anybody. You have a calling, follow that calling and don't yeah. worry about crap. Somebody else has it. Focus it's, your it's, efforts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. for my, my own personal story, uh, as awful as it was, um, has brought me to to now I don't just do it here but every single place I travel and I mean everywhere I don't care where I am I'm going to go visit the hood I'm going to be in the women's shelters I'm going to find some schools I'm going to go you know wherever to, to youth groups to to juvenile homes and take my story and uplift them so it's it's not just um Actually, you know what? The one thing that um, kind of got me back, got me into this was my very first trip was to Grenada and I was going to speak to a women's shelter. I didn't want to sit in some posh hotel and kind of like you, Carly, um, my first 
time in a, in a, you know, on a little island in the Caribbean. I, I'm in a, in a women's shelter. I'm prepared to give them a whole hour of, or uh, two hours of self-esteem. I have, you know, re, uh, you know, a whole class I was going to do. And the shock that I get in there and there's eight ladies and not, seven out of the eight ladies couldn't read. It, it just, uh -huh. it floored me. And that, 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 that feeling of injustice, of anger, and how, how are these women supposed to care for their kids if they can't even read? Yep. Like, yeah. it, it just took my mind to a whole new level. And instead of just, you know, um, turning around and doing something, well, I said, no, something's got to be done. So the lady that I was with, she's a, she was a social work student at the time. Well, her and I set up so that these women on a weekly basis were starting to, to have liter uh, literacy classes so that it's a start so that because, you know, you got to start somewhere. And yeah. And so I, I think it's if you feel something strong enough and it pisses you off like this is wrong, I'm going to do something. Well, we all have that calling for different avenues, right? Not everybody feels the same for different things. And my calling is that maybe because it's of my own personal history. And for you, Carly, it's just, it's, it's something that's affected you. So this is your calling. And together, you and I are going to create a ripple effect of, oh, oh my God, we're going to sprinkle rainbows everywhere. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness. Have people rise up. You know what I mean? Yep. Through their own efforts and then help them. And make that, that change. You know, Absolutely. make that change. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and, and I know it, I, I do. We have a couple minutes left here, Carly. What I wanted you to do is, is, uh, how do people reach out? How do people make a difference? Obviously, where do they find your beach bags? They're super cool, but I mean, they can make a difference just by helping your company. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my website's called theak.com, which is T H E A C A Y E.com. And that's the same handle across all social medias. If anybody wants to reach out to chat, whether you're a survivor or you want to do more or you want to start your own business, I am so game to chat all the time. Hit me up. Excellent. Nice. And it's a great beach bag. You know, you're, you're making a difference. You're helping people by buying the beach bag, the environment, people. It's a step in the right direction to stopping the enslavement of people. That's exactly. Huge. I think the new wave of being helpful, of being charitable is actually going to be social businesses. I think they have the most power because they, in theory, will have the revenue to consistently create that change. And that's where we're heading. Thank you so much, and, Carly. Oh, and, my gosh. And also, if anybody goes to my website, kathytakaro.com, uh, there's going to be on the, on the very front page, it will be a link in a, with all um, Carly's information as well, which will connect you directly to her website. So, Excellent. Yeah. It's been wonderful having you on the show, Carly. Thank you so much for what you're doing. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on TNCRadio.live. All of the material you hear on TNCRadio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of TNCRadio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at TNCRadio.live.